from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. The message of Easter, and particularly the resurrection, uh, is fundamental to our faith. And a reading is going to be brought to us now by our clerk of session, uh, Jeffrey Marsh. A blessing to, to Jeffrey, his home, and his family. Let's read God's word together from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 8. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Amen. In our previous Easter celebration, to my right, the choir were singing a wonderful song, and it was, Is He Worthy? Today we know that he is. But let's remind ourselves again of the significance of those words and the sentiment of those thoughts. Judah, who 
greater elation or grief than the circle of life itself. People are born and people die. And it's what's in between that we try to remember. And that circle continues to repeat itself time and time and time again. And the older we get, the more we evidence or see just that circle of life take place. Perhaps this story reminds us a little bit of the circle of life, at least as far as Mary was concerned. When she arrived there that day, it was to remember that circle. She had witnessed people being born, the joy and celebration of gathering in their home, and then also being a mourner at their graveside. Today was no different, except it was in relation to one individual that had made a significant impact on her life. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices that had been prepared and went to the tomb. Must have been a difficult journey that day. It was early in the morning. And she went to the tomb because she had an enshrined memory this tomb would be a visible reminder to us, to her of the person that she walked with, had talked with, had shared part of her life with. But she could only remember who and what he had been. As far as she was concerned, 
there would be no future. There had just been a past to be remembered. And how she must have remembered those moments with, with such mixed feelings. She had witnessed Jesus speak on a mountainside with thousands and thousands of people gathered below. They hung on to every word that he spoke. They had been introduced to a speaker with such life. Before it had been the scribes, the Pharisees, they were keen on citing other people who were authorities. But Jesus spoke with so much authority, not like the scribes. She had witnessed his compassion. He had come into people's homes. And in the quietness of that moment, put a hand upon them. And they'd been healed. He had drawn alongside the marginalized, the outcasts, the people that no one else loved. And he had loved them with such compassion. He was a very different man. And her memories that day were flooded with the thoughts of who he had been and what he had done. But yet, today was going to be different. A day that had started off with grief was going to be changed unexpectedly. She was going to hear news that would alter her perceptions of what had happened. And therefore, we find that when she heard that news, as anyone would seek to do, such good news that she wanted to share it with those that would listen to her, she ran to the disciples, so overcome with a a sense of joy at the message that she had heard, that she then shared that message with them. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to eleven and to all others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. The Greek word is leros. It's a, it's a funny word in many senses. It was used by medical professionals later on um, to write about those who were under a fever or perhaps those who were so sick that they started to babble as a result of it. It's different very much than the word that is used in Acts 12 when uh, Peter's released from prison and uh, they go back. Uh, the, the servant girl goes to tell other people what has happened, and they say, you're mad, uh, deranged in some senses. Different Greek word. So why use the term leros here? Well, when you had a fever, uh, as would have been common, people started to babble, maybe even hallucinate, uh, and um, it would describe someone so sick that the babbling would continue not only when they were awake, but also when they were asleep. And interestingly here, this is early in the morning. And so when 
the women return to the apostles. So extraordinary is the news that the tomb is empty, that they think that she has a disturbed memory, not just an enshrined one, that somehow she is emotionally sick. And that's what distinguishes it from perhaps another Greek word being used in Acts chapter 12. Her grief perhaps was causing her to babble, to act like a woman who was so overcome with a fever that early in the morning, whether she was uh, awake or asleep, she was talking nonsense so cynical, the early apostles were as to the content of what she was saying. Listen, you need help. You're not well. But she didn't have a disturbed memory. And she certainly had given up on an enshrined memory. What she was aiming for was a restored memory. And I want to read to you Uh, Just the message that the angels brought to her that day. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. What an interesting description to those women who came to the tomb. I want you to remember. No. Remember? Remember what? How am I meant to remember? Well, it was different than remembering to take the bin out. We may have forgotten to take the bin out. The consequences are that we'll be maybe left with some rubbish for a week longer than we should, but it's not going to make a significant impact to our lives. But here the angels came and they said, listen, we want you to remember what has been said. And it's the same word that is used when God remembers his people, when God remembers his covenant. And it's the same Greek word that is used when the thief dying on the cross says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, the thief on the cross is asking for something more than just an intellectual assent by Jesus that he existed. What the thief is asking for is to be remembered in a particular way. To be remembered before uh, his father. So that when Jesus comes into the presence of God the Father, that somehow he remembers this thief. There is a personal encounter in the memory itself. This is a restored memory, not a disturbed one, not an enshrined one, but an actually restored memory. How are you going to remember what Jesus has said? This is a passionate and an impassioned memory. 
that just doesn't arrive at a grave and see a stone rolled away, not only remembers Jesus for who he was and what he had done, but what he had promised and what his life was working towards. Remember, not just the facts about Jesus' life, but the reason why he came. Jesus came to liberate humankind. He came to offer them a message of salvation. And the only way that that was possible was that if Jesus' words, all the things that he had spoken about and predicted his own death as a sacrifice for their sin, was actually true. And if those women had truly remembered the details of those conversations that Jesus had, they would have remembered that he had said that he would rise again from the grave. And that empty tomb demonstrated the truth of those words. They had a restored, and there was a memory that was going to be restored about all that Jesus had said who he was, what he had done, and why he had come. He had come to deliver them, and he was seeking to do that right now. Is that how you remember the details of this day? It's not just a a memory, like putting the bin out. It's not just something that you temporarily forgot and makes no substantial difference to your life. This is a memory that activates your responses. This is a memory that stimulates you to joy and happiness and peace. This is a memory about God actively engaged in your life, not apart from it. A God who joins you through a resurrected son. That's the memory that those angels were trying to stimulate that day in the life of Mary. And it was that memory, the new memory, of who Jesus actually was that motivated them to return to the apostles with this exciting and wonderful news. Finally, it was a resurrection moment. And it was a resurrection moment that would make an immediate impact on those apostles? Why do I say that? Because all of them had been, like most of us, cynical. The circle of life ends in death, but people do not rise from the grave. Uh, Jesus may have performed a miracle with Lazarus, but he was dead. Jesus was dead, so who raised him? And the possibilities of the truth of that perhaps began to emerge as they remembered his words. I have the power to lay down my life, and I have the power to raise it up again. And can you imagine just what they were thinking as they remembered these words? God raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus, because he is God, has the power to raise himself from the dead. No other human being has that capacity except one unique human being called Jesus, who was both fully God and fully man.
And despair and cynicism gave way to possibilities. And it was Peter that ran to the grave that day because they were opening up before him new possibilities. He didn't have the answers to all of his questions yet, but at least he jumped out of that house because there was a possibility that this message might have been true. And when he arrived at the grave, he could see that the woman were telling the truth. The gravestone was rolled away. And those possibilities were to give way to final certainty because Jesus was eventually to appear to them and to appear to two people on the Emmaus Road. And we're going to read those few verses together just to get the context of that. Here. In Luke chapter 24, we read these words. And, and as, as he was walking with these disciples, they then came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, that is Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were to go no further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? and opened the Scriptures to us? Were our hearts not burning as He opened the Scriptures to us? Resurrection moments cause that in our lives. They have that effect upon us. Because Jesus is alive, we not only have a past and a present, but we also have a future. And as long as we have memory about God that is a redeemed and a restored memory, we look forward not only to what, we look back not only to what God has done, but we look forward to what he is yet going to do. And we find those words very much in a passage in 1 Corinthians, verse 11. And in that passage, we are reminded just of a celebration that Christians engage in on a regular basis. For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this 
whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For when you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The circle of life. Beginning at birth and apparently ending at death, but not quite. For the genuine believer, for the one trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as their own and personal Savior, this communion has special significance. We have a resurrection moment every time we're involved in celebrating the Lord's Supper. Why? For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And he is coming. And he's coming to take his bride to the greatest celebration and feast ever known in all time. We will once again celebrate this alive Christ with every believer who has gone on before. Every believer takes the sting out of death. That rolled away gravestone that day changed everything for those women and for those disciples and for every disciple thereafter. Our enshrined memory not only about Jesus, but about other believers, is liberated from a tomb to become a living experience. We are not the babblings of those in a fever, but remember the promises that God has made. Remember that He has a covenant people. Remember that Jesus came with a purpose. These are not the babblings of wishful thinking but of a cynicism that has given way to a certainty. That that day, that tomb was empty because Jesus was alive. That day, when the graves broke open in Jerusalem and the most mysterious event ever occurred, that those who were in the grave walked at least this earth for a few moments, was a demonstration that God had the power to raise you and I from the grave. Death will not have the final word. And the, the most joyful, most joyful thought about this day is that the circle of life that so cynically begins, that so wonderfully begins at birth and tragically, apparently ends at death isn't the full story. That we, too, will go to be with Jesus. We will see him face to face, his smile, and in his hands will be the scars of those nail-pierced hands, suffering for you and I, so that our memories would not be enshrined in the past, but we would celebrate life forever with him, redeemed and restored minds that will know and be known what a day that's going to be when we see our Savior face to face. And you know, we see all those 
that have gone on before. We'll know them in a way that we have never known them in a past. My mom and dad will be there. Some of my friends and family will be there. I will know them in a way that I have not known them before. I will celebrate life with them in heaven in a way that was impossible to celebrate on earth. All the brokenness will be gone. All the upset and tears will be removed. What Jesus did that day changed everything for all of us. Are you looking forward to that day when Resurrection Sunday is every Sunday? When we stand in the presence of an almighty Savior and God and celebrate life in its fullness. Now, if there's a reason for joy, that is it. And for each one of us today, may we know it, believe it, not only wish for it or anticipate it, but move from despair and cynicism to not only the possibilities of this being true, but the certainty that not only is it true, but it's not far away. A wonderful day awaits. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray in these moments today that as we think about the truth of these words, that, Lord, our hearts would warm as Jesus walks with us. Amen.